Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, I'm your host, Robbie Cox, and joined by the man the podcast is named after, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Morning, Robbie. Yeah, not doing too bad. Another couple of cold days in Canberra. I was going to ask how cold it was because it's a bit fresh up here in Sydney this morning, so usually that implies it's very cold in Canberra. Yeah, the last two days have been minus five. And uh, I've got Joel from Marion here this week, and uh, he's Puerto Rican. Mm. So he, uh, I'm, <laughs> he's assuming he's, I'm assuming he's not taking too, too well to the coldness. <laughs> nah, nah. He was telling me how he was thinking about going to Canada once, and uh, but then he thought, "Ah, oh, it's cold. I'll go to Australia." He didn't realize <laughs> how cold Australia got. Um, yeah, I can't imagine then, Puerto Rico getting to minus five. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, we've got a new coach in Canberra from South Africa, and uh, he was he was in last Friday, and uh, he was fully rugged up inside the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not used, to, I can't get used to this cold. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't realize Australia got cold either. Yeah, well, it, it definitely gets sort of um, down there, uh, just on the, like, I've only go down there for meets and weekends, but they're, you know, some sort of bitterly cold, doesn't it, when it does that? It's kind of just, it's, it is hard to, minus five, bloody hell. Is there snow in the snow fields yet, at least? Oh, yeah. 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 Remember all those photos of green grass and stuff, and there was there was no snow. So all right, all right, it's good, good. It's good there's snow. Now you can't see this either, Shannon, but I've also soundproofed my uh, office slash studio. So for the listeners out there, I have mentioned this. We've got a, a new office for off the blocks for which we use for the swimming academy as well. Uh, but it was too echoey. So for anyone out there that heard the echo and thought it's very echoey, you were right. It was. So I've put carpet down on the tiles and I've got um, tiles, um, uh, soundproof tiles all around me as well, which my wife hates because she says I've ruined the studio, the office. It looks horrible now, but at least that echo's kind of gone away. So I'm happy about that. So we've, we're, we're feeling a bit more like a studio now, Shannon. Um, mate, how's your week been? It does, it does. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. The money well spent. Money well spent. How's your week been anyway, other than cold? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, guys are swimming, swimming well enough and uh, um, done some good stuff, some good sets. Bronte Campbell was uh, a bit cooked last week, but she's she's got better and so that's always good. Yeah. Um, I've got one one sickness at the moment, and she's blaming Bronte. So hopefully she won't uh, <laughs> anybody else. Champs coming up next week, and then and then after that we'll be into a bit more um, sort of back end training towards uh, Australian short course champs. Yeah, I was going to ask. So obviously, you know, trials have come and gone, and and obviously we. You know, as coaches, and especially with your program, you're getting athletes ready to go there. Bronte's kind of in a, a different period in terms of her preparation and where she's going. But once we sort of get past trials and, and swimmers are either made teams or swimmers haven't, for yourself now, is it short course champs in, in September? That's kind of the, the focus now or the, the next sort of focus? Yeah, well, I Isabella Johnson's going to um, World Juniors, so yep. that's what she's going for. Everybody, everybody else is um, heading towards, uh, yeah, short course. So, yeah, um, so hopefully, you know, we'll compare the last short course season, see how people have moved forward. Um, I'm expecting that they would have. But, yeah, I mean, and then we'll probably have a bit of a break after that, I think, um, and try and... Uh, yeah, just have have some sort of time off because otherwise it's going to be quite a long season to Olympic trials next year. So, so yeah, so interesting. Mm. Um, well, you know, you mentioned there with um, junior Australian, uh, junior uh, worlds. Obviously, Bronte's got her program going, and then we've got you know swimmers going to short course champs. How is that? easy i mean you've done it for a long period of time now but to stay conscious of the different 
you know, people in different areas going in different ways. You don't want swimmers who are going to junior worlds to be doing the same sort of work that the other swimmers are doing. And is that something that's easy for you now, or do you still have to kind of always stay conscious of it and realize, because essentially what's that, at least three different programs, roughly, they'll all marry up in certain days and certain times, but in other yeah. days and times you, you don't, you can't. Um, and I guess for a lot of coaches out there, and we've we've had a few from New South Wales and Queensland and uh, other states have swimmers on junior rep teams and travelling teams. We've got, I think, Queensland have got a travelling team, and there's a few travelling teams. Um, how how hard is that to stay conscious all the time of <laughs> so many moving parts? Even though you haven't got a massive squad, but you've still got so many different moving parts with swimmers with different. Um, goals and and areas where they're supposed to be peaking right yeah i mean it's gonna be different you know for everybody um what i think i've done you know sometimes in the past you you spread yourself too thin mm. and you got too many things moving i think that's a danger um i think you've got to you know you can you come up with the best training set and all of that and you might have all these things going but if it's not delivered well doesn't matter how innovative it might be and it's got all these bells and whistles but it's executed poorly mm. so um i think you've got to be conscious of that so um so yeah so i think that's the that's the danger so what i've tried to do now is is group things as you say you might have a few little tweaks that are different but the structure and bones of the session and the week nearly everyone's involved you know? yeah um so yeah and, and i don't like having too many different things going on either um some some afternoons i do but that'd be more of a technical type session than something like that but yeah. um when you're doing pace and timing and things like that, that gets a bit tricky. So, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, just just FYI too. Um, last night, so on Wednesday and Thursday nights, I give a bit of background. Um, I go to San Susie Leisure Centre, which Off the Block Swimming Academy manages uh, those that squad program. Anyway, long story short, I went over to do a mentoring afternoon, and I've got a girl that's come over from Denmark who's training with us at the moment. Um, she's a middle and distance swimmer. So we did uh, five 800s and on the last 800, they had to kick. So the last, so, so not only did she kick, but um, the, the San Susie distance kids did that session with me. And so we were there till about quarter past seven because they were just, they said, how far, how fast do we have to kick? I said, no, you just kick, just kick. This is a Shannon Rollison thing, by the way. Anyone's listened to the podcast knows where I've kind of learned this. So you normally do a K, don't you? So we just did 800. So it's 800 where they go. So yeah, they were, they were hating me slash you by the end of that. Cause they're like, can we get out now? So no, you got 200 to go. They said, you didn't tell us we had to go fast. I said, well, if you wanted to get out, you should have gone faster. That's your fault. How yeah. fast you went. So, uh, no, thank you for that, for that Shannon. They, they were loving it last night, that 800 kick. Um, funnily enough, the Denmark girl, Annabella did actually really enjoy that set and she did enjoy the 800 kick. It was just the other guys were not happy at all. Do you ever get that uh, with your guys? Or have they learnt just to just just do it? Uh yeah, they probably hate me. I just don't know about it. <laughs> I'm assuming, yeah, they just they've learnt with you just to just put their head down. We're gonna have to do it anyway, so we might as well not mention it. Let's let's just get on with it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, don't get me started on Australians and kick. <laughs> It's so typical that you have that reaction from a Dane and yeah. uh, you've got that reaction from uh, Aussie kids kicking. She actually quite enjoyed it. She got out. She said, I really yeah. like the set because we did, you know, the first 800, um, you know, this is no secret. There's many better sets than what I've come up with, but we just did the first 800 um, pull, just at A1, just getting technique, and then we descended the next three down, um, checked the heart rate at the end to which – around a3 i think a couple of the others went at um, um aerobic threshold and then yeah we finished with an 800 kick which she loved that set she's like oh this is what i'm i like doing this stuff and the others are like do we do this every week is this a thing now because i can miss wednesdays <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah. yeah, it wasn't interesting. It was it was interesting to get those the those different um, reviews. Um, mate, big news this week, obviously swimming wise, but obviously sports wise here in Australia, Melbourne pulling out of the Commonwealth Games in twenty twenty six. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, it's just disappointing. Um, now, whether, well, I just think the whole management of Victoria uh, and everything to do with this has been done poorly. Like, there's no consultation. Looks like they didn't even try to make it work uh, by changing a few things. Uh, the only thing that sort of I've thought is maybe the Commonwealth Games has got a bit too big. Um, you know, I'm a big one for not having professional sports in the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games. Um, and maybe maybe this might invoke it, you know. Someone someone asked, you know, the women's cricket captain how she felt, and she was like, oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Like, it's just not big on their radar, is it? You know, if they got rid of the tennis at the Olympics, I'm sure none of the tennis players are losing any sleep, you know? No. Uh, if they got rid of swimming at the Olympics, do you know what I mean? Like, the sport, yeah. you'd almost kill the sport. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I just don't think that professional codes should be in it. And I, I really do believe that I, I think amateur sports are going to struggle. I think we we you know we're going to struggle against the the push towards everybody doing professional sport you know male and female. Um, Is that money wise? You think funding financially? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah, um, you know I, I think Australia's going to struggle um, at Olympics more and more as time goes on. Um, because uh, we, we just haven't got enough people and we're spread too thin. Uh, we've got too many uh, different sports. Um, and, and, you know, people have talked for years about how males have had to compete against the, the professional codes mm. um, and that we sometimes don't get our best athletes, you know, in um, – in our Olympic sports, because they're kicking a footy in Melbourne or they're tackling someone. Yeah. Well, if you've got all the females doing it, then there's going to be, we're going to lose, we're going to have the same problem just on both sides, you know, of the male female side. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just disappointing. And I, I, I'm, yeah, they might be able to pick, you know, pick it up somewhere else, but I'm not sure. Uh, it certainly won't be easy for another um, country to pick it up. For the Con yeah, Games? Yeah, I, I heard Christchurch were interested, so I, I don't know what infrastructure and in, I've been to Christchurch. They're in um, a recession. Well, I, I, that's what I heard. I heard that they've put yeah. their hand up, so I don't know whether... I don't know how they've got they've got funding or anything. I just heard it on the radio, so not everything here on the radio is true. Um, but yeah, no, it's disappointing. I, I think the most disappointing thing about that with uh, with old mate, um, the premier down there is, what did you think you were getting yourself into when you put your hand up to begin with? Yeah. So it's just yeah. poor. It's just poor from that point of view. I can understand. I do. I, I have to wonder if there's an election coming up or something that he was getting hounded for putting money into a com games and taking it away from, as he said on his his conference, you know, hospitals and schools and all this sort of stuff. Uh, he played that card, which okay, that makes sense. But you you knew all this at the beginning when you put your hand up and said, yeah, we'll take it. So uh, Did he take on the um, the netball. Isn't the state of Victoria the major sponsor for the netball now? Oh, there might be. I, I, it's probably not as much financial investment, though. Fifteen say, million or something, is it? Yeah, I think for the Com Games, he said it was two point five billion or something like that. And oh, he's saying it was. Yeah, uh, he was saying it was going to be seven. Yeah, that's what he said. Well, he said at first we agreed to this, but it seems to have blown out. But you know, again, come on now. 
Yeah. You're running the state. You, you, you should have known these things. So it, it is poor. Um, hopefully we can they can find a home for it because um, I do like watching the com games. But um, I, mean, I know the athletes enjoy going to it. It's a good fun event as well. And it's always good from an Australian point of view in terms of or any sports, but for swimming it's usually where those young swimmers start to come through as well, isn't it? And they get their first sort of touch on uh, an international stage without it being, you know, too high elite level. So it's fun environment. And um, so hopefully, hopefully we can find a home. I'm sure something will happen over the next week or two weeks. So, I mean, sure, surely with the, with the amount of time we've got between now and then, they're scramming behind the scenes to try and pick it up. It's interesting. Sydney hasn't had anything for a long time. What do you mm. reckon? Just Sydney don't put their hand up anymore. The winner is Sydney, and that was it. That was our crowning moment. We're never touching it again. <laughs> Old Juan Antonio. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Locals don't like it, though, do they, Shannon? Like, you know, okay, it's good for retail. It's good for business. Um, it's good for hotels and, and tourism. But in terms of if you live in that city and you've got all these people coming around and buses and tourists and all this stuff, the local people don't really like any sort of big games and stuff coming to their towns, I believe. Yeah, I, I, maybe. Um, I've never been. Like 82 Commonwealth Games, uh, that would be the only place I would have lived in somewhere where there was a big event and I was too young to remember. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. But, yeah, I guess... If you're not into sport, it'd be a big pain in the backside, wouldn't it? Mm. Isn't that when um, <coughs> those games you talk about? Isn't that when Queensland um, gave all this a lot of the state school pools, the uh, state schools, the pools, those twenty-five meter pools that I've talked about? Have they always been there, or was yeah. that kind of an way, initiative? Way oh, way before that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's it's funny. A lot of I don't think anyone in New South Wales or I, I haven't been to the other states. Maybe they have have them. Maybe they don't. But um, if you ever if you're from another state, you ever go up there and you're in Brisbane or and you see those state school pools, um, that's that's where a lot of those junior champions are coming out of. So, um, but we don't have anything like them in Sydney. That is for sure. So yeah, common games. A bit of disappointing news. Hopefully, we can bring some good news soon. Hopefully, they can find a home. Um, mate, just wanted to touch on also, obviously, the world champs are kicking off in three days over in Fukuoka uh, in the pool-wise, but open water-wise, um, we've already had some swimming and Chelsea Gubeka, mate, got a silver in the 10K and, and found herself on, on the Olympic team. So as for anyone who doesn't know, open water and selections work a little bit differently um, in terms of making the Australian team for the Olympics. It's not just a trials that if you come first or second, you're in. So so she's on the team. Um, and for someone who's been around uh, for a while and the trials and tribulations of our sport, mate, especially with the distances and the Ks that she covers, uh, how good to see Chelsea getting up there and um, and having a, a bit of time in the sun there in a moment. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think... I think uh, Drew was telling me, and Bronte um, as well, that I think in the past, it, if you were top 10, you could make the Olympic team or top eight. Um, in the world. But now, yeah, at these at these trials. But now it's just top three. So, um, um, but, yeah, kudos to the program and uh, well done to Chelsea. Uh, the, uh, you know, good performance. Um, I think one of the males finished seventh, so pretty good on both sides. Yeah, Nick Sloman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, and, and with every open water event, it throws up its own challenges um, and, and different packs and different things, and there's all, and there's some phenomenal open water swimmers um, around the world, especially some of the European swimmers. And uh, Yeah, they're uh, right into it. They're right into it, and... Uh, I don't know what Fukuoka was like, but I know over when um, we had, they had the Olympics, I don't know if you remember this, Shannon, but there were flying fish. Did you remember seeing that? I remember talking to Karina Lee and she said she got smacked in the face by a, fly, a fish that just came <laughs> up out of nowhere, straight into her face as it was flying. So these are the sort of things that you've got to navigate. So, um, you know, that's why I think sometimes uh, with, with open water, I mean, there's outliers, there's certain swimmers who are just always find themselves up on the podium. 
But otherwise, sometimes you get a bit of mixed bag of lollies, don't you, with the results? Like you've got someone like Chelsea, who's a, a champion and, and been around a long time with open water. Um, for, for a lot of people, they see this and they, you know, they might be surprised. I'm not. I, I know how well she's done and over a period of time, but um, she doesn't always get up on the, on that podium, but it's not necessarily because she's not always good enough. Sometimes um whether it's it's location or or you know the the elements or as i said flying fish or someone kicks you in the face someone smacks you in the head it's all happening out there isn't it i mean i know you're a big fan of open water swimming especially with your with it wasn't it your danish mate that was did open water too oh yeah you got this yeah. that. <laughs> that's right <laughs> Oh, that's right. A false start. How do you? That was Europeans in 2014, and they they leave every 30 seconds. So it's like it's almost like a time trial. Yeah. Um, but you just add something a little bit different, you know. Um, but um, uh, I had a girl in the, in the world's in '98, Christy Park, who is actually swimming the Magnetic Islands race this weekend. Oh, nice. So she's still yeah. obviously in and, and doing some training through the week and keeping her Ks up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's doing that. So good luck to Christy this weekend. So, um, so yeah, um, I think she was – I spoke to her during the week and she was talking about some, some crocodile that lives nearby, but that she's hoping that there's, there's safety in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, flying fish or a crocodile, I'll, I'll take that thought. <laughs> you say that now. But if you swim long and it flies out of nowhere, bang, straight in your face. Um, just and there's in, also water temperature, you know. Yeah, that well, that's what I mean. Yeah, the elements and the location. And some of the temperatures are high, some are low. Some you've got to wear wetsuits. Some you you probably would rather wear not that much because it's just and you've got to hydrate. And there's so many factors that go into open water swimming, which I love about it. For you as a coach, obviously known more for your sprint coaching, whether it's breaststroke, freestyle any stroke really doesn't I mean these are the things people I guess know you for but in terms of um <laughs> coaching and teaching it you could coach any of them open water or distance swimming do, do you enjoy coaching that programming for it no. um is it an individual thing then so do you enjoy maybe then okay so you've reformed a rapport with that swimmer so you're kind of like okay what well, I want to make you know because how, how do you navigate that I mean now I guess program wise you get to kind of choose who fits that program as a younger coach you probably didn't have as many choices to make um for you with your coaching how did you find then the challenge of okay i'm not really a massive fan of distance or open water swimming but i've got to give this kid or this athlete the best i've got how how did you navigate that sort of process um well, when I was in Denmark, so I'm an assistant coach, and we had like 12 uh, swimmers, um, and he, uh, Stefan, he looked after the um, distance guys, you know, when they were doing something a bit different. So he would he would time them and I was timing everybody else. So I had uh, two people doing, you know, they might have been doing 31s, descend one to, um, descending every 10, uh, while... The rest of the squad, and I'd normally have another two programs of heart rate. You know, obviously it was a heart rate type uh, afternoon. Yeah. Um, so with Pal, it was mainly writing programs and things like that, and looking after technique. But then the delivering of the program was a lot with Stefan. Yep. Um, when I was back Chandler days, I used to get my distance guys, um, Lane back in the nineties, uh, when I didn't have enough for a lane, when I just had one swimmer who did distance and I really tried to talk her into leaving, but she just wouldn't go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> she used to get in and do extra when my juniors were training. So she would swim for 45 minutes before the whole squad would get in. Yeah. And that's how I sort of did, did that then. That was in that 2000 to 2004 period. So, um, and if you're basically, because she was already in the program, um, she could stay. But if you're a distance person back in those days, you, 
and you gave me a phone call, I'd be just like, yeah, thanks, but um, you're best off going somewhere else. Yeah. Well, today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts and let them know that Off The Block Swimming Podcast sent you. I mean, uh, I said a little bit even in my program, so I know what you mean in terms of... You kind of need, if you're going to have a distance swimmer in there, it'd be nice for them to have two or three other swimmers around them. So when they're doing these sets and programs, they've got people in in that foxhole with them rather than, yeah, as you said, I mean, you could probably do a great job of it, but does that swimmer just want you, you know, giving them that set that they go up and down on their own as well? And it's not complimenting everything else you do, as you said before, in trying to keep your program simple and not have too much on your plate. So, that nah, makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, yeah, well, in the 90s, I had um, three in, at the, in the Australian 800 final in 97, three different girls. Uh, 98, I had a girl who won the 800, uh, went to the Commonwealth Games. But, you know, they they just whinged because they were doing more than the others. And I just got sick of it. Mm. I'm like, you don't have to come, you know. <laughs> a lot of squads haven't got three national finalists all being able to train together. Yeah. Um, you've got a great environment and you're complaining because you're doing a kilometre more or two kilometres more and your event's eight times as far. <laughs> Actually, maybe you should be just doing more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, so I just got sick and tired of the whinging. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a big part of uh, my whole dislike. So uh, I just didn't want to. Just didn't want to coach people who were complaining because they had to do an eight hundred kick. You know. <laughs> No, I know. I know. I just kept saying, come on, this is going to help make you better. You're going to get through the, come on. I was trying to stay positive on the side of the pool too, Shannon, with him. I said, come on, just, as I said. Yeah, pal, in Denmark, he was great. He wanted to do 100K. Yeah. I tapped out at like the first year I tapped, I was like 80, 85, I think was the most we got up to. And then the second year, which he went quicker, uh, and that was, um, we were doing 70 to 75. But he, he wanted to do more. Mm. It's much better training someone who wants to do more, you know. So at least, you know, they're bringing enthusiasm. So, so yeah, he was a great guy to coach. Um, so, um, but when you, you know, when they're complaining all the time, it's like, well, why don't you just go and take up basketball or something? So. <laughs> what are you doing here? What are you doing? I... I have similar conversations with athletes, uh, and you would have too, for sure, uh, around racing. So, like, oh, did you enjoy your weekend? Did you enjoy it? Nah. Why? Yeah. Oh, I didn't enjoy racing. So what are we doing? Why don't you go play soccer? Why don't you go play yeah. tennis? What do you enjoy doing? What are we doing out here? <laughs> like, racing should be, and I think you mentioned it about Jody. I mean, I think yeah. she said, I like winning. But... Um, but in other words, she liked racing, right? She loved yeah. the competition part of it. She probably didn't like the training as much, um, the component. But I've always wondered, you know, about swimmers that just don't like racing or they don't have an enjoyable – fair enough if it's a two-day long weekend at Homebush, all right? I don't think anyone's excited when they're leaving on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> yeah. unless there's a little 10-year-old who got, you know, 10 PBs and mum promised him $20 a PB not thinking he was going to do them all. They're, they're the type of kids who come out with a big smile on their face. But everyone's sort of, you know, over it by that stage. But surely the top swimmers, and you, you would have noticed this, no doubt, do the top swimmers enjoy racing? Would you say that's uh, maybe a common denominator that sort of those top top elite athletes, yeah. in like they love the competition part of it? That's that's yeah. game on time. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, you know, I've coached some top people who yeah 
would have been nice if they enjoyed it a bit more. Yeah. But um, I think f- fundamentally across the board, yes, you know, you've got to um, – and that, that uh, those, uh, those types of people don't particularly love the training aspect of it, but they train because they know if they don't train, they can't race. Yeah. Um, I've coached plenty of people who love training more than racing, which um, – yeah, so um, yeah, they they're the people that hmm, they can get frustrating to coach and to train because you you sort of know you're not going to get you know what they what they're capable of doing, um, and you see it often, and uh, and then it just doesn't transfer on the weekends, which is it's it's disappointing for them really. Yeah. But anyway. Um, do you, do you have on, any? Hey, well, on on the topic of racing, um, this morning when uh, I was waiting for you uh, to come on, I was looking at uh, Cody Miller uh, on YouTube popped up. I was actually looking for car stuff. So obviously, I've been talking about swimming here at home at some point, and um, the little gremlin that's lurking around <laughs> has punched it out on YouTube. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, I was a bit, uh, oh, we'll just see what hap- ha- he has to say. Um, and uh, 20% of, there was uh, 20% of the starters in the men's breaststroke got DQ'd at the US Nationals. So uh, two things. Where that? Two things. No, well, two things. Number one, I'm very proud of you and very impressed. So for anyone who doesn't realise what Shannon just did, Shannon just segued himself he didn't wait for me he segued seamlessly himself from a topic of conversation to what we were going to talk about next which means two things one he was over it and bored of what we we're just talking about <laughs> but two it means he's definitely this podcast gig even though he, after about five episodes he's like oh, i just don't know what we're doing here robbie <laughs> where are we going with this it means he's starting to get the hang of it all. So he's just seamlessly segued. So, Matt, I'm very proud of you. Now, yes, as I jumped on um, today, you were watching um, Cody Miller talk about the breaststroke kick. So I was not aware of that till you told me. But basically you were saying that they were getting disqualified for, for almost doing a, a downward dolphin kick at the back end of their, their kick. Obviously he is, I guess, probably disputing that a little bit and trying to get, get – He's questioning it. Um but yeah, there was forty-four um, male breaststrokers and eleven. So this is the trials, World Championship trials. He's talking about. Yeah, eleven got DQ'd. I think he said six got DQ'd in the medley, uh, in the four hundred medleys. It's very odd. So it's obviously so, a crackdown. Um, it's like the NRL when we're cracking down on head highs or something, and there's a big crackdown. And we're just well, he going- said that they were using video footage, but. Is that- they were going to video and the well, I think. Well, this is the first meet, so he was sort of kicking off about the fact that all season there hasn't been video footage, and then at the trials there is, and then the meet was getting delayed a lot. So after like three events, it was running half an hour late. Um, he said the crowd was starting to boo the referees, uh, and then if there was no disqualification they were cheering and so it was all getting a bit out of hand but um but yeah they were going to video footage and and going so the race had finished and they would actually call not the results are not official um so yeah uh i i wasn't aware of of this sort of stuff going i wonder if it's they're going to use it at uh worlds um or is it going to become more mainstream but um, you know, be a slippery slope. Although, having said that, I do think there are some people around that um, are doing the wrong thing in breaststroking. There, they're generally what I've seen is they're not true breaststrokers. They're in that medley area, mm. so they're um, and there's a bit of a dolphin kick at the end of the the stroke. Now, there was a female British girl who was doing that. Uh, I saw that on TV in some underwater f- footage. And there might be a current male 
Natalie Summer, who is flirting with with it as well. Not in Australia, yeah. a European. So okay. uh, I think it's something to watch. Um, well, I guess. I, I, that, the rule's been around forever, hasn't it? You know, like I had a uh, medley guy in the 90s who we had to do a fair bit of work uh, on him not doing it. Uh, and then Phil Rogers was, crack, was cracking off uh, about uh, Jimmy Piper. Yep. And Jim Jim wouldn't get DQ'd in Australia, but as soon as he went overseas, he'd get DQ'd. Oh, I wouldn't say nine times out of ten, but it did seem like a lot. Uh, especially if you was in lane one or lane eight. It's funny that, isn't it, when you're in lane one or lane eight, seems to happen a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> happens a lot with the juniors. You just always hope your little mate's in lane four or five. Just get in there. Um, <clears throat> a, f- a few things to unpack with what you just said. Uh, number one, in terms of video footage, which obviously for us, we're NRL fans. If you're American listening, you're going to watch NFL or soccer. Um football, if you're from England, call it that. But um, technology is creeping its way in. I would suggest swimming in the way they you just um, sort of, I guess, explained that they did it. It's not going to work. It's just that two days at Homebush is going to become a week um, mm. just waiting for footage. Is it something you think has a place in our sport? Should it only happen if there's maybe a protest, as is what happened, I guess, I'm pretty sure with Phil Rogers and and Jimmy Piper, I'm pretty sure he protested uh, or sort of called it out rather than um, it being an official. I'm assuming it being a protest and then we review the footage after rather than holding up the whole meet is is a way better way to go than, all right, let's f- the race finishes and let's review the footage and, yep, give it the tick of approval, we can let it go because ultimately we know from NRL what's going to happen is, wait, no, come back. Mm, I don't know about that. Wait, let it go. Wait, come back. No, yeah. can we let rock and roll that? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on, I mean, we know technology and swimming is your strong suit from that technology and swimming episode where you said you hated all the different things that I said. <laughs> but in terms of this, what, what do you think about it? Is there a place for it? How would you implement it if you did? Well, they certainly, you, you can't hold the meat up. Like, like I think... They did a terrible job uh, swimming Australia at the trials um, when they pulled the swimmer out. It didn't happen on, on every event, um, but it did happen on every big-name person. Um, and they they get out of the water and they do an interview. And they'd have the, the guys for the B final out on pool deck. And is the interview going to go for 60 seconds? Is it going to go for four minutes? <laughs> and, you know, it just, I, I just thought that was terrible. It was terrible for the athletes to be standing out there not knowing when they were going to get called up, you yep. know, to race. It wasn't conducive to performance. Um, so you can imagine if you're running a meet where, you know, you're going to the video ref. Are you swimming at 11.10? Or finally, you know, because you're towards the end of the day, your 11.10 swim turned into 1.16, you know. Um, It'd be a disaster. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, they'd have to give that some good thought because you you wouldn't be able to do it. Um, But, and just on that, you know, like there's just been some, some bad decisions in swimming with technology and stuff like that. Like that butterfly turn rule where you've got to have some part of your body out of the water. I mean, they're just just asking themselves for trouble. Um, I'm not sure if that one's fit. Oh, the backstroke one where you had to have your foot out of the water. So that's now. Not anymore, yeah. Now you can go under from the flags. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was a bit of a ridiculous rule, wasn't it? You know, like. they're coming up with rules just to make their lives more difficult. Yeah. Uh, in the in the the judges, um, so I, I think the practicality when they come out with rules, they've got to think of the practicality of it, you know. And I think they're going to need to do that with with the video. Um, uh, I think if there's some blatant footage, and and we've seen this too, 
uh, where someone is doing the wrong thing, you've seen it on the video, on the replay, at major meets I'm talking. Yeah. I think then it needs, that needs to be investigated by the extra footage mm. uh, and the swimmer gets disqualified. So um, I don't think it's good that if you are in lane eight and you get DQ'd because you're in lane eight, that swimmer should get DQ'd in any lane that they are in because they're doing the wrong thing. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, uh, pretty much oh, you would have seen it. You know, you, like a few years back, you know, people were trying to do like three or four dolphin kicks in the breaststroke, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I can't remember where I was. Someone even showed me um, – Pretty sure it might have even been Kitajima, or it was one of the. It was back in the day, but off a dive, right? So, um, not so much off a turn because it was a little bit, but off the dive when there's a bit of white water around. Yeah, um, they would go bang, bang, like super quick. So it was it was sharp. If you weren't really, really watching, you just would think they did one. Yeah. So there's definitely like it's been going on for for sure. But yeah. I mean the slippery slope with breaststroke kick especially is and, and I think Cody's kind of alluding to it too is okay we all know that you can't have a downward force it can't be a dolphin kick but what is force and what is natural natural drop so what's what is just you you know you kicked up and then you as your hips are driving because you know <clears throat> a little bit of hip drive so your hips pop up and as you're stretching out maybe they naturally drop is that still bad can you change that? Um, obviously, we we had a chat off here, and and I think I sort of agree that we've got to keep it quite black and white because you know what are we going to have trackers on their feet so that and, and it can tell you what force they kick down with, or and if it's this amount of force, then it's okay. And I, I think that's a slippery slope, but it's it's kind of hard, isn't it? Because naturally, your feet are going to float down slightly. Well, I think if your toes are pointed at the end of the kick and your legs are straight, they won't. But I think if you if they're not like this swimmer that I'm thinking of, I've seen some recent footage. Finishes the kick, and his his legs are a bit bent. His knees yeah. are a bit bent. Yeah. So there's movement there because yeah. his knees are bent. He's not keeping his legs straight. He, yeah, he's he's you know not a full on breaststroker, and and you tend to see that on those sort of people who are medley swimmers who who are you know good backstrokers or other strokes and all of a sudden this if they just raid up and mm. you send us you tend to see a few funny things going on in the old breaststroke kick you know and um yeah you know, i would think straight off the bat that's probably where a lot of the dqs could come from um but that's poor technique yeah so and they're getting they're getting away with poor technique by creating propulsion. So yeah, I, I think that's got to be uh, wiped out. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I think you can't have any grey area. It's got to be if there's downward movement. Yeah, you know, I remember Sam Riley because she used to have a, a, a distinctive upsweep. Yeah, and. Um, I can remember her getting disqualified and, and her coach, Scott, um, had to, you know, argue and, you know, the point and blah, blah, blah. And I remember him just explaining to it, you know, it's a dolphin kick if there's an upward movement followed by a downward movement. Mm. So, but when she was swimming, there would be an upward movement that would then go into the recovery. So, um, so I think if there's... I just think if there's any downward movement, DQ. Yeah, force or no force. If you, yeah, I get what you mean. I guess it has to be kind of as you said, black and white, because otherwise, you start finding those people uh, saying that they're not kicking down with force. That's just naturally floating, which I think is what we sort of touched on. The Cody Miller was mentioning and talking about, but it's as we know in sport, everyone's looking for that little edge. So what starts as just float it starts to become. Oh, if I push a little bit harder here, no one sees it. Oh, if I go a little bit harder here, no one sees it. And as you said, yeah, then you start to get in 
to that great well, area. There was, there was a Greek guy. Oh, I'm trying to think when he was. He was doing a dolphin kick. This would have been 15 years ago, I, I reckon. Um, and he was just carving it up at the men Ostrans. But he was just doing flight kick. Mm. And then I, I, I can't remember if it was 2013 or 2014, there was a bit of chat about allowing dolphin kick in breaststroke. Mm. Well, and so you don't want to start muddying the waters because, well, that's not even breaststroke, is it? And, and you'll just wipe out any breaststroker. They're, they're out. You've literally just taken my next question out of my out of my mouth. I was going to say to you, is there a potential for a hybrid stroke in the future? Would you call it still breaststroke? Would you have to name it a different stroke? Is that too radical and crazy of an idea? Well, if if, if you if you want to keep breaststrokers in the sport, you got to keep the breaststroke kick. If you want to get rid of breaststrokers out of the sport. Allow dolphin kicking. Yep. Uh, and then you'll have people who aren't great butterflies who, uh, uh, you know, or you know, not, not, not great. But you'll have there'll be some butterflies who end up winning the breaststroke mm. if that's the way that goes. So I've got a uh, radical question for you. We've had four strokes for how many years? Is there ever a potential to add or or be innovative and and have a different stroke added? So have that hybrid breaststroke with fly, kick, or I mean, have have a look at our sport. We need to come up with something different, don't we? How how, how exciting! You can now dive from the flags under the water to the finish. That'll bring the fans through the gate. I mean, <laughs> just thinking out loud with what we're saying here. Is there ever potential to kind of break out of this box and come up with a different stroke? Surely when breaststroke and butterfly were all invented and created, they weren't a stroke before that in terms of on the world stage and all that sort of stuff. Wasn't butterfly invented in Australia or created in Australia? I can't remember, but butterfly morphed out of breaststroke. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, you see where I'm going? Is there potential for it? Is there just too much already going on in a week to add another stroke and create another stroke? But I think yeah, we're going to get a bit innovative here, surely. No, I think there's too much going on already, you know. Well, just get rid of backstroke then. No one ever watches it. No <laughs> one likes backstroke anyway. All the coaches, every coach I know say, so, oh, I mean, oh, we don't have backstrokers here. I, I hear that a lot <laughs> about backstroke. So maybe there's an outdoor pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we don't do backstroke. We don't do backstroke here. Uh, but anyway, I'm just chucking that out because I, I don't mind the idea of, I, obviously, I, I'm, I agree with you. You can't allow dolphin kick, but I'm quite a fan of watching breaststroke with a high dolphin kick and getting the hips up and getting that body position right. And if you can get the timing right, I, I actually don't mind watching it as a as a drill. Anyway. Yeah. Shannon's not a fan. He's giving me the look of, what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying, but no, I don't. I don't think it can exist. Um, I don't think it should exist. So, will we so ever? Will we ever get invented? Traditionally, traditionally, you know, if you go down to the local pool, you're not seeing anyone do butterfly, are you? Um, you'll you'll see a lot of people doing breaststroke. You know, um, you know, if if you were. If you were James Bond and had to swim across, uh, you know, a moat to, you know, get into some French castle, you wouldn't do butterfly or you wouldn't even do freestyle. You wouldn't do anything. You'd do grandma breaststroke, wouldn't you? Grandma. <laughs> Silent breaststroke. Grandma breaststroke. It's like my nan. Grandma breaststroke during the week. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My nan, because she hates getting her hair wet, my nan. Hates yeah. it. So she'll get in, she'll get out, and her hair will still be pristine, beautiful. Blue? Hey. Does she have blue hair? <laughs> That's not Marge Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck and there's a pair of DMC fins in there. 
swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. Anyway, we can, well, I want to just get inventive and create. We've got to get out of this box. Surely one day, surely one day there'll be something new. And well, how about they just run swim meets properly? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. So, and come on. Come up with a, a proper four-day meet or a five-day meet or a six-day meet or an eight-day meet, whatever the, the yeah. darn meet is, just come up with a decent format and then just set and forget it rather than continuously changing. Like last year's tri- uh, short course, we had a four-day meet. They swam the 400 IM on day one, the 200 IM on day two. They had a rest day for day three. And the 100 IM, the Mickey Mouse event, on day four. <laughs> if you haven't had to have a rest day, it's after the 400 I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these people who are coming up with these programs, they mustn't have any knowledge of swimming at all. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse <laughs> Oh, you're on fire today. It took a while to get you going, but now you're going. I can see. All I had to do is say a few weird and unusual things, and then that was it. You were off. Um well, anyway, yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see, as you said, if, if the world uh, champs are affected in any way by the, the breaststroke you know, kick and obviously having a bit more focus on it. Um, well, let's everyone have a good look at it and let's just see how many people we, we would have We can identify it, yeah. Talk about it this time next week. Yeah, well, good pickup, Shannon. Well done. That's it. You brought that piece. You were literally watching it. As I said, you're transitioning. I'm very... Mate, we are we are on fire. Um, obviously, world champs, as I said, and we've touched on it with David Clark in the last two weeks with with the history of the world champs. Uh, it's on. It's kicking off on the twenty third um, in just a few days on Sunday. Uh, you can watch it on Nine Now uh, live streaming. I'm not sure if it's going to be sort of free to air or anything like that, but you can definitely watch it on the Nine Now app and uh, get around the Aussie contingent. Mate, for yourself, what what do you do? You ever get um, you know, you've travelled the world, so you've been around a lot. But do you ever kind of get excited around this time? Do you, do you get, um, I guess, not fever, but do you get? Do you ever sort of get jealous when you go? Oh, I wish I was like. Do you get a bit jittery around, like so, you know, when State of Origin comes on, you just start thinking, "Shit, I wish I could play rugby league," which I'd never even strapped on a boot. But you always just get a bit jittery, and you wish you could get out there. Do you get excited around this time, or are you kind of that season campaigner where if you've been there, you've done it, so you're like, "Ah, it'd be nice," but I've been there. What 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 do you get around this time where it's sort of big events and and exciting times? Yeah, well, I watched the Tour de France, so every, every year at this time I think, ah, oh, it'd be good to be <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. Well, you can ride a bike. I just don't know if you could do the Tour de France, but you, at least you're actually doing the sport. I've never really played rugby league in my life. My mum stopped me. She said, no, you can't play. You're going to get injured. We're not allowed to play rugby league. I was that I was that mummy's boy. But every time the footy comes on, I think, oh, I wish I could play. I just get really excited. <laughs> so at least you can ride a bike. But, yeah, so you get my, you get that idea. So do, how yeah. do you get around, uh, you know, world champs? Obviously, Olympics are the pinnacle, but world champs are, and you've had great success there. Do you ever get that itch to be like, oh, I wish I was, I was in there again and just around for the, you know, the five days, six days? Uh, yeah, more so, obviously, if you had someone, you know, yeah. on the team. Um, so, uh if I haven't got anyone on the team, then why would you want to be there? Um, but uh, but yeah, I think um, yeah, probably different if it was in a nice place as well. You know that'd have something to do with it. But um, are you talking about some sort of European, yeah, <laughs> some European <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> around one of your fav- favorite little water holes as well, <laughs> and nice beaches. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, are you excited for for the world champs? Just to watch as a fan, though, is there anything? I mean, we've we've covered it, so I'm not going to go back through it. And but is there anything you kind of that's uh, you know got your attention that you really like? I might miss a few days of stuff, but I'm not missing watching that. I really want to watch that race or that event. Yeah, I, I'll really watch that 400 free. Um, 
there'll be a few couple other events as well um but straight off the top of my head that women's 400 free i think is going to be a doozy so have you got a prediction so obviously just to set the t- set the scene for anyone who doesn't know or if you listen for the first time obviously summer mcintosh coming in world record holder um she set that earlier this year we know ariane can go 356 she had the world record she hasn't done that for a year though i mean she's capable of it but Summer's coming in with the hot hand, right? She's coming in ready to go. Katie Ledecky's just hit a bit of form. She's she's almost getting mm. back to her, her old Katie Ledecky. She obviously um, has taken some results in the past very personally and she's changed in progress. I think she's training with Bobby Fink and um, some of the boys as well, Shannon. I'm not too in-depth in with her training program, but I think she's shifted gears there as well. Um, it's going to be exciting. Do, do you have a, a rough prediction? Uh, not I'm not going to hold you to this. I'm not going to hold you yeah. to this. No, not in that race. Um, yeah, I, I just think it could go so many ways. Mm. Um, if, if I had to name someone, I'd probably say Macintosh at, at this point in time. Yes. Which I don't think it will be the same next year, but I just think the way she's going, she's got a bit of age on her side. Um, but Ledecky obviously is, you know, not wanting for um, uh, motivation if she's, mm. you know, made, making the tough calls. She's doing the 800 kicks. She's not whinging about it. Um <laughs> I I I would I'd be shocked if I heard any of Katie Ledecky's coaches ever say she was a winger in terms yeah. of that sort of she, she she doesn't seem like that sort of a strike you that way yeah. no she does not um all right that's your my predictions Ariane by fingertip okay but I agree with you I don't think that's the result next year oh that changes and i also made a bold prediction very bold on the preview i just did with bobby hurley earlier that erica fairweather will get a bronze medal at the olympics next year okay i think she's got progression on her side she's continue i think she'll continue to progress whereas uh some of the other girls are there now they're already at the summit and to stay there is going to be harder and longer and she's still got uh, hunger and drive on her side and I'm not saying she's winning I think yeah. she's going to touch someone out and get a bronze medal which uh I hope anyway anyway she's a great girl and I know you've had a bit to do with her at the coming down to the pool and seeing her training yeah. as well so um I think it'd be great for New Zealand swimming as well but she's well on her way so that's my at the moment she's not quite there with these girls they're going 356 and I dare say 56 high 57 low will mm. be the mark I don't know if they're breaking a world record not sure but interesting there you go we've put it out there shannon who knows we could be both be wrong and katie storms over the top or, or gets out early or i don't know what's going to happen it's going to be interesting to watch i was very jealous of bobby just in that podcast because he's going over to commentate um yeah. for the world aquatics the live stream and um you can tell how he, he just he loves it he gets really excited especially when we start talking about this sort of stuff so i get jealous just of him being able to be there and and watch these uh races live uh mate i think that'll do us for this week we've covered a range of topics even though just for the listeners at home we didn't actually have anything to talk about when we first started but as is the nature of us oh we can come up with stuff don't you worry about that so we've had some bold predictions we've discussed some controversy as well and um no it's, it's been good mate so don't forget as i said for all the listeners this is going to drop before the world champs starts on the 23rd on sunday um, nine now app get around your aussie athletes um make sure you're watching them all um there's some exciting racing just in in everything so um even if you're not you know watching all the aussies there's some great like leon marchand how, how's he gonna go this is his um i guess preparation for next year's massive olympics as if he's not going to be the pin-up boy for france yeah. next year if he, if he does a phenomenal job this year so uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, David Popovici, is he going to hold his spot at the top? How's he going to go? Is Chalmers going to knock him off? I don't think Chalmers has won a, a world championship gold medal. 
Not according to our last two podcasts. No. So is is Popovich? He's at the top. He's the world chair. Is the world record holder? But how's that going to go? I mean, there's so many races. Anyway, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to watching it. So make sure you get around it on the Nine Now app. Shannon, mate, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, I'm, I'm I'm glad we poked the bear. We've got a few things. I'm telling you, we're going to get some ideas out of this. We could be revolutionary. We're going to have a new stroke. There's going to no, be a new stroke. No, we're. we're <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a new stroke I'm, I'm, it's going to happen uh, alright mate have a good weekend to all the listeners have a great weekend uh, wherever you are have a cracking one and we'll see you all again next week see, see you everyone guys. today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you as always by Pro Swim Workouts Nico and the team at Pro Swim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, proswimworkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to proswimworkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to proswimworkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. I just want to-